Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is the first of its kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala dot com. And today I am joined by JP Mason for the Thursday Bulletin. JP, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, man, good. Um, uh, glad to uh, be here to talk about three points last night and not uh, not a nil-nil draw, as it was looking a bit like it was going to be at half time. But I don't think we played badly, but we just uh, we got there in the end, and uh, it took me a while to 
warm up when I got home last night on our freezing cold night at Celtic Park uh, on a Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a I wouldn't say it was a hard watch or a hard game because I don't think we did play terribly, but um, it's just you know I think everybody's just wanting us to get back into some sort of form at the moment, and uh, maybe that's the beginning of it. Last night, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, when when I'm watching the game, uh, I, I try to do it from the the kind of angle JP that if something's not quite going right, you're trying to look for solutions. You're looking at what can we do differently? How can we combat a certain style of play that we have seen quite a few times this season and undoubtedly we'll see again over the next nine games. We'll put that up. It's nine in a row, basically focusing on that small target in nine games, negotiate our way through those nine games and we win the league. It's in our hands. You know, We're in control of our own destinies here. So I was watching the game against Hibs at the weekend and it was really frustrating to watch because we've seen that before. We've been in that movie before. It was, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the comments, I think it was our third scoreless draw in the league this season. Um, St Mirren and Livy being the other two. And the three games were quite similar, not just with the scorelines, but in the manner in which the, you know, the game played out. It got to a point where you're thinking, right, unless we really change it or mix it up here, we're not going to get the breakthrough. And people start saying, we could have played all day without a goal. You kind of get that sense on afternoons like that and I'm looking at last night's game and I'm going to ask you because you were there bearing the cold on a, on a Wednesday night did you get that vibe at any point where you're thinking oh no we're going to drop something here the more the first half went on I did yeah the more the first half went on I was thinking we're not quite at it here there was a lot of players again not playing really at the top the top end of their, their potential you know, everybody went daft about Hatati when he came in. Uh, and I know he's played a season already, um, as is Maida. And this is probably a weird, you know, uh, situation whereby he's not really experienced this before, where he's gone straight into another season playing at, at, at quite an intense level as well. But everyone went daft about Hatati after Pencastle. I came on here and went, yeah, he was, he was good. But I was trying to sort of temper that, you know, enthusiasm. And then I got shot down in comments for saying, you know, oh, come on, he's great. Oh, it's going to be a new 25, 30 million pound, you know, asset. And you're just like, okay. And then obviously it does what he does against Rangers. And, and by the same token, I'm not going to then slate him for last night because you know what the guy's got in his locker. Last night wasn't one of his better games uh, and didn't really provide that dynamism in the midfield that we've seen from him you know um, the uh, the zip as Hugh Evans has, has called it um, one of the few things he's called things right this season <laughs> um, but uh, you know I, I think like last night as well you know Jota didn't really sort of get going Abada as well I, I, I thought Abada was coming on a game before he got subbed off and I think there's people kind of around about us going, why is he taking him off? He's, he's having a bit of joy. But then Forrest came on and uh, and, and did well, as did all the, the, the subs, you know. Um, we spoke about it in the aftermatch last night, that the subs made a huge difference. Rogic was in that mood where he didn't want to get beat. You know, he had that kind of like, nah, I'm winning this duel, I'm winning this tackle, I'm beating you, and I'm beating you again. And, and you know, was, was, was spraying balls and started to, makes it Mirren look tired. One one guy on the ball started to make St Mirren look tired and maybe that is what happened 
after a lot of efforts in the first half. But certainly from our point of view, you're just thinking back to the game at um, uh, St Mirren Park. I'm going to call it St Mirren Park because I have no idea what it's called. No disrespect to St Mirren, but just call it Love Street, mate. I think it, is it the global is it global energy or Indo drill. I, I can't remember who sponsors it. I mean, Love Street is what it is in my head when I think about it. I know it's a completely different ground, but um, you think back to that night and they were able to get a 0-0 that night and you're thinking, well, are they able to get a 0-0 tonight? And then, thankfully, from a set piece, both centre-halves combine. Uh, much maligned centre-halves, I might add, as well. I mean, that felt, even last night, if, if you asked somebody last night after the game if they, if they thought Starfield played well and they said no, then I would then have to probably take them for a lie detector test to be like, come on now, this is this is getting beyond ridiculous. Starfield played well last night. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers was the man of the match. Guy next to me said that five minutes before it was announced, he was like, oh, he's my man of the match. And yep. He was mm-hmm. mine as well. You know, he was immense. Like, this didn't look like anything bothered him was that week on the pace I think you mentioned it last night where he can beat a man yeah. you know, and just bring it out of defence and just sort of ghost by people when you're like how is he doing that um, So and, and I, 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 it also led me to say to the guy next to me I said look see if you had 6 million quid and you were forced to buy Jota or Cameron Carter Vickers that's a good would, that's a good debate I would take Cameron Carter Vickers and I'm not I'm not saying this just because Jota's had a couple of so-so games. I'm just thinking about it purely from the the, the angle that how hard are centre-halves to get? Mm-hmm. You know? And I know you could then say, well, how, far, how hard is a left-sided uh, winger to get? And that that's an argument in itself. But I think for the solidity of the team, Carter Vickers, Carter Vickers has barely put a foot wrong all season. <laughs> He's been no. consistently good all season. So it would be a, a warped argument uh, if, if you were... Well, I'd, I'd like to hear the argument the other way. Well, I hope that that debate is never had. I hope well, that, that yeah. you know, but it's a very good question, by the way, JP. And I want to talk about uh, both of those players and a few of the others that you mentioned. Um, and, you know, th- this is a thing I think you learn through time, having done quite a lot of the games, you, the post-matches, JP, that you're looking for specific reasons why maybe Jota's off the boil maybe why Hatati hasn't been as good in the last few games. Then you look at the former Rogic. Yeah, he was good when he came on last night, but he's kind of gone off. Yeah. And then you start thinking, well, Jota's still coming back from an injury layoff where he had to go for recuperation back in, in, in Portugal. You've got Hatati and, and um, you know, it's been much covered that the, the league season moving into his move to Celtic means that they played a lot of football without any real break. And then you look at Rogic and again, the international travel, etc. Since he's came back, has he hit top form since then? Is he used to playing this amount of football? Because mm-hmm. he, he, you know, largely when you look through his season by season stats, just appearances, um, he's playing more football now than ever before, uh, Tommy mm-hmm. Rogic. So I, I take all of these things into account, and I just always stick to the kind of mindset, JP, that there's no way the four or five players who have kind of gone off form are going to stay off form. Absolutely no way between now and the end of the season. They're going to kick on. And then, and this is something that we'll talk about as well, we're going to be supplemented by the likes of Turnbull coming back, Kyogo coming back. And so I'm looking at last night, 
not as a turning point because actually it's part of a uh, an unbeaten league run that has put mm-hmm. us on the top of the, the table. But I am looking upon it and thinking, well, you know what? It is going to get better between now and the end of the season. We are going to see performances from players like uh, Beaton and Forrest and guys that are really going to step up to the plate. But you're talking about kind of perceptions there. So we'll start off at the centre-halves. Um, people, football fans, myself included, you've got this bias going into a game unconsciously you do have it right and there's certain players you like and there's certain players you don't like I'll give you an example on Twitter just there the now someone tagged in Axom um, with, with some screenshots with some Rangers fans talking about last night's result but because they've ta- tagged in Axom people one person in particular thinks that this tweet is having a go at us therefore they've piled in with ah, what would you expect from Axom blah 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 negativity it was mm. nothing to do with that. So it's the perception yeah. that we're at, we're negative. So without watching last night's show, you're going to pile in and say we're negative when last night's show wasn't negative at all. Mm. Um, so that and the, and the actual screenshots were about a Rangers discussion, nothing to do with Celtic. But it's just yeah. if you've got that that perception in your mind, Axum's um, negative, then you're going to dive in, or that player's no good, then you're mm. watching it through a, a completely different different prism. I don't mm. think Starfield put a foot wrong last night. No, but you know, there there may be this perception that he's a dud or he's not strong enough. I watch his game, you know, with 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 real interest. I still think that he all obviously prefers the ball on his right foot. He doesn't look comfortable yeah, yeah. swinging yeah. his whole body around to get a wee bit of uh, give on on his left. But I thought he was solid last night, and I think that the partnership him and Carter you were going on about how difficult it can be to get an effective left sided midfield player. In order to get a, an effective partnership at the back, that is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at that scenario right now, thinking to myself, they're going to start, if fit, they're going to start every one of the next nine games in the league campaign. There is no way Welsh, who I rate highly, and Julian, who I rated highly, but we've yet to see whether he's going to return to his form, there's no way they're going to breach that partnership. And I think that's been huge. And if we do have the successful season that we're hoping that, that we're going to have here and we're going to win the league... I think one of the, the most pivotal parts of that success will be the partnership of these two guys. And you called them much maligned. I think Starfield has been one of the most criticised players in the squad over the piece. Probably in recent years as well, not just this season. Like there's been, I can't remember a player that has um, polarised opinion amongst support. You know, like I continually speak to. One person in particular who has absolutely no time for him. And, you know, when I said this morning to said person about how well he played last night, her reply was, who was he playing against? Right? And I'm like, well... <laughs> Is this person watching the broadcast here, JP? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is he playing against? And I was like, right, well, where do we play 90% of our football? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, not, we're, not, we're not signing these guys to play against Real Madrid. And, uh, and Barcelona. I mean, I wish we were, but the reality is we're out of Europe now. The most important thing to us is to win this league. Um, and you want the guys on the pitch playing week in, week out against Scottish teams to be able to do the business. You don't want other teams sort of having a go and go, oh, Celtic's defence is rubbish. You know, you want people to be like, oh, Celtic's defence is good and it's the best in the league. And, and you know, and have not, not, not suggesting that there's a fear factor about our defenders, but you want 
players to come up against their defence and go, well, it's unlikely we're going to score today because we'll look at the look at the stats, look at the odds. There's not been many goals scored into Celtic this season, and Starfelt and Carter Vickers are the reason for that because they've played the majority of the games, and it doesn't really matter who they've played against uh, in Europe. And if they've not come, if they've come up short in Europe, then fine. You know that might be a, a, a different argument, but. In terms of our bread and butter and for the league, we've had a consistent centre-half pairing all season and it's served as well. And, you know, last season, you only need to compare to, I know last season's an outlier and an anomaly and everything else in so many ways. You only need to compare the defence that we have this season to last season where it was absolute, you know, keystone cops, uh, different partnerships every week, uh, disrupting the goalkeeper, who had a different partnership in front of him every week. Um, something, obviously, the goalkeeper changed as well. You know, that, you know, okay, there may be a few moments in games where there's a bit of a heart and mouth, but it's not come to much, has it? It's not really... And everyone seems to be on this, oh, he's going to cost us at some point, he's going to cost us at some point. And like, well, if you have that attitude going into games, then, you know, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because... You know, you might as well just sort of appreciate what's happening in front of you in that particular game. There's only nine games left. Mm-hmm. So, and last night, the two of them combined to score the crucial opening goal in that game, which was the one goal, you know, McGregor's goal was the icing on the cake in terms of it just allowed us to breathe a bit easier going into the final 10, 15 minutes. But that goal from that corner was the goal that we needed and it was, it was you know, created by... Our centre halves, you know what? Mm. How much I felt new about it when it came up. Could it came off them? I know. By the way, I didn't celebrate that goal really at the time because I was sure there was going to be. I, I, my head was in kind of VAR world, even though we don't have it. But I was just looking at looking at everything, going, "There's been an infringement there. Somebody's handballed it, or there's been a foul." I, I, I just, I just, I think quite a few people hesitated as well because it just. It seemed too good to be true that we would score from a corner and it would be from a from a knockdown. But um, you know, great finish from Carter Vickers and mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Thank God it stood. 
You know, when I look at that goal, uh, JP, and I look at the partnership that we're talking about, you're right, last season, one of the biggest issues um, has been the, the defensive trio of the goalkeeper, two centre-halves, and the fact that we couldn't get a consistent selection of those three players, um, and we do now. And I think there's been absolutely massive staff felts coming for some criticism. I, I've, I'll tell you what, I wasn't convinced early doors when I was looking at him. But again, you learn to say, right, what were the circumstances? He was thrown into that game against Tynecastle, having barely met his teammates, never mind training with them. You know, he was in isolation prior to, to going into that game. Thrown in, um, different style of play, brand new team. It's going to take time for him to settle in. Ange Postacoglu and Celtic should never have been in that situation. But that was the situation that they were left in. It was shambolic at the beginning of this season, JP. And we were throwing guys in. And it was a sink or swim scenario. And I think that over time, there was that moment where he was skint um, in the in the League Cup final when people were saying, you're Bambi on ice and all the rest of it. It's moments. I just think, generally speaking, he's, he has turned into a fairly solid, dependable centre-half. But what I like more than that is the, the actual relationship he's got with Carter Vickers. You were saying about actually celebrating that goal last night. What about Carter Vickers? You don't often see much. He, he seems so laid back. You don't see much in the way of emotion from him. But when he scored that goal, you certainly did. Um, because it's that primal scream moment where you just erupt. He knew how important it was. But the reason I'm talking about, uh, and I'm labouring it a wee bit actually, about Carter Vickers, etc. I was just looking very rough, um, stats. I know that the data guys are absolutely on it. They can tell you everything you need to know. But I was just looking at some of the baseline stats of, of this team that started last night, JP, right? And I think it's very interesting that only two of our starters last night have played 50 or more games for Celtic. You know, Greg Taylor has played 72 games going into last night's game. Callum McGregor had played 365 games. This team, right, they might have had experience elsewhere, likes like Joe Hart, etc. But as a team, as a collection of players playing together, they are hugely inexperienced. They've been thrown together this season. Um, only two players had played more than 50 games. You've got guys like O'Reilly, who's played less than 10. Hatati had only played 10 games last night. Maeda had only played 10 games. So we've got to take things like that into account. It's a very new team. And I think that also... I'm going to bring this into Angie's post-match comments last night again because I think that, I, but I think there's a protective element at the moment. I think Ange Postecoglou. I, I was on the fence after the Hibs game about his comments. I wasn't sure as he playing mind games. Was he happy with the performance? I don't think he was happy with the performance. I think he is protecting his players to the absolute hilt, JP, because albeit. Rogic said, "Oh, you know, we've been on the top of the pile for ten years. We know how to deal with this." And we all love that. We all cheer when we hear him saying it. Actually, when you look at it, that team that started last night haven't been. Yeah, they absolutely haven't been right. And I think Ange Postecoglou is protecting his team to the absolute death. And no matter what questions are getting thrown to him, he's standing up for his team. Um, I didn't think that after the Hibs game. I wasn't sure, but after last night's comments, I'm thinking, no, you're 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 not going to criticise this team because Ange is going to defend them to the hilt. Yeah, I mean. Everybody kind of knows what uh, where Kenny McIntyre's allegiances lie. It's, you don't you don't really need to sort of do any homework on that. I mean, was, I mean Graham Spears made a joke about it about a week ago or something. I think after a bad result or a draw, one of Rangers' draws or whatever, 
Yeah, Graham Spears said something along the lines of, can someone check in on Kenny McIntyre make sure he's all right? And, and you know, when when you've got blatant, you know, media friends sort of commenting that, and then he's the guy doing the post-match interview last night, and then he leads in to his first question with something like, oh, that was that was a hard watch, you know, uh, he's happy to get the three points. It's really, really disrespectful. I don't know what he expected Dan Spostakoglu to come back with there, other other than the, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it to come. <laughs> and, you know, I thought that was a brilliant reply, and it's obviously been, you know, replayed on many people's sites today on, on, on Celtic blogs and sites and things like that today. And, you know, it, it obviously further strengthens people's, you know, love for the manager and the way that he deals with the press. Um and I just thought, yeah, really disrespectful. We won the game. Yeah, we didn't win at 6-0 like we did earlier on in the season. But go back to the last time we played them, we drew 0-0. And St Mirren have went into that game last night, you know, having not a bad... I think can't remember, somebody said the stats since when, since January, since winter break, they actually have had quite a decent run. Um, uh, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I read that, saying that their, their results had been reasonable. Uh, and I know they got beat off Hearts at the weekend, so that was maybe the end of it. But um, and and Colin mentioned that uh, Connor, I can't remember his surname. Colin said something about the the he obviously knows more about St Mirren than, than I do. But the, 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 one of their creative players or their main creative player was missing last night with suspension. So um, I forget his name. It's completely gone out of my head, but. So they, they maybe lacked that bit of creativity in the middle of the park, but the way they set up, it was it was a defensive. You know, Stephen Robinson said afterwards it was a defensive, you know, a defensive uh, uh, formation to try and mm. counter, counter us. And then he kind of contradicted himself, Stephen Robinson, in, in saying that uh, you know I've never seen us so uh, play well. So uh, I've never had a team of mine play so well out of possession at Celtic Park. And then he praised them, and then he came back and went, "Did we deserve enough to get a point?" Or someone from the game, probably not. And you're like, right, okay. <laughs> so you didn't play that well then. <laughs> um, I always think back to the Motherwell teams that he kind of uh, built, or the Motherwell team that he built, JP. Well, I say teams, actually, because I think every summer he was forced to sell a, a few players. I think he'd done a really good job at Motherwell, to be fair. But the one thing I didn't like about his teams was there was quite a few hammer throwers in there. I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. And I think when he's going to be pretty well suited to that St Mirren team because they've got a few as well. I think main power... Uh, Dunn, he's on the list as well now, and Gogic. Uh, I mean, they're all uh, likely to injure a player. Eh? I made that comment to to Mark that's in front of me last night. I said it's like a kind of SPFL uh, globetrotters, you know, with tongue firmly in teeth. You know, you've got Curtis Main and Jordan Jones up top, and then you've got uh, Gogic and Power in midfield. It's like someone's just sort of, you know, like created this sort of like. Hammer throws, aye, all oh, the hammer throws. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily hammer throw. I mean, Jordan Jones obviously didn't cover himself in glory with that tackle where he got sent off. Against you know, injured, he injured himself as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the guy's clown, you know. But, uh, and then Curtis Main, uh, I mean, Curtis Main was, it was at Aberdeen, wasn't he? Or was it at Motherwell and then Aberdeen? I can't really remember. Who, aye, who, that, was his, that was his movement, Sai, Motherwell, Aberdeen. Gogic always been a. I'd say he's probably falls more into the hammer floor category and uh, and power one hundred percent. I mean, mm. you know, he's he's always been that, that kind of guy that sort of just you know 
goes into tackles with no <laughs> with no concern for the the opponent. It's just about you know making himself look big, and if he gets the ball, fine. If he doesn't, then you know there's collateral damage. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I think it, uh, Maloney's comments on Starfield at the weekend were a bit harsh because oh. Starfield's not that type of player. This this Starfield thing, I mean, uh, my friend Matty Fairney, who I used to work with at HSBC Bank, other banks are available. Um, he is part of uh, the Long Bangers Hibs podcast, which uh, right. you know, I, 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 is, is picked up some steam as a, as a Hibs as a Hibs podcast, and it's it's great to see. Matty involved and I've listened to it a couple of times but they were they were tweeting the other day obviously Nisbet's injury um, is, is, is put him out for the season and that's unfortunate I mean you don't like to see anybody getting injured uh, and, and missing games like that you know he seems like a decent player by all accounts potentially a Celtic fan as well uh, I heard that from from, from uh, a reliable source who's just texted me actually I don't know if he's <laughs> listening Um but, uh, but, but they, they were like, oh, would this have happened if Starfield had already been in a yellow card? As he should. And I'm like, wait a minute, it was the 23rd minute. I don't recall Starfield having had any yellow card defences in the lead up to that. Maybe a foul or two, but I mean, if you're going to start flashing yellow cards that early in the game, then you better start flashing them everywhere. The only two people that were booked in the first half on Sunday was Starfield and Rogic right in the stroke of half time. No Hibs players were booked. The Hibs players all came later on in the game probably when they were getting a bit leggy and we were pressing for a for a goal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, was the Starfield tackle that bad? I watched it back. I'm like, it's not that bad. It's really, I mean, yes, it's clumsy, but I don't think Nisbet's wasn't it, injury, it wasn't malicious? No, I, I don't think Nisbet's injury comes about because of Starfield's aggression or anything like that. I just think it's, it's a bit of an unfortunate, you know... It, I mean, it's kind of the same as Cal McGregor's face, you know. Like it's, yeah. I, I, there's some people go out with the pitchforks for the Alawa player for the Cal McGregor thing, and I'm like, no, calm down. It was a, it was an, it was an accident, you know. That's it. And I've watched, I've watched the Starfield tackle now about three or four times. Obviously, you see it slowed down as well, and I'm just, I don't, I don't think Nisbet's sitting at home cursing Carol Starfield for that tackle and being like, oh, that. So and so has put me out for the season and like that. I mean, I really don't think that's the narrative. Whereas, you know, the, this the, the the Long Bangers podcast was sort of implying that that, that it was you know Celtic or you know they get the decisions and we don't, or we get the decisions and they don't, or whatever. And I just thought that not having that. It's interesting to see how other people see Celtic, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is, and that's kind of I, 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 it's good to listen to that and to and to and to follow their. Uh, and to follow their, their, their sort of uh, their output, you know, because you obviously you see a lot of things through Celtic specs on Twitter if you're just following Celtic accounts. So it is interesting to see. I've seen a few things Dundee United, uh, Dundee United side, uh, side of things as well through a guy that I follow um, uh, who interviewed me during lockdown for his uh, for a project, and uh, I see his sort of take on things as well, a lot of which I don't agree with, um, and I, I try to refrain from jumping in because you know what Twitter's like; it can it can end up being a bit of a uh, spicy place <laughs> if you if you if you suddenly crash land into someone's timeline that you've no you've never met, you don't know. I mean, I, I've had it to me, and it really you know, annoys me when someone just out of nowhere just jumps on you know uh, maybe something I've said or something like that, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Well, G- JP, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never had that. <laughs> I've never had that kind of attention. Wow, the traction, hot takes, yeah. love it. Um, yeah. Where does it leave us then? We're happy with the Catavickers and, and Starfelt. Uh, let us know what you think if you're watching the show and you can comment on the platforms that you're viewing it on. Where does it leave us with Julien? You know, that there's a big discussion point here with Chris Julien. He's come back from that horrific injury. I mean, wh- was it you and I that was actually doing that game, that Dundee United game that day? It was, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. And then so all the... You can hear the so clock. You can hear it. He's come back later than expected. I've suggested that uh, the reason Carter Vickers is on loan is because I don't think we, we expected to buy or bring in a centre-half. I, I thought that, you know, the temporary basis of Carter Vickers' deal was because we expected Julian to come back a lot quicker than he did, JP, so it was almost like a stopgap. What's actually happened is he's become our best centre-half by some distance, I would suggest as well. He's very influential. Um, but where does it leave Julian? Because it doesn't seem to be going the way that we planned. I mean, when you look at that bench last night, the only guy we could come on, uh, who who we could bring on rather, as centre half was Beaton. We didn't have Welsh or Julian on that bench. Mm. Yeah, interesting that Welsh wasn't there. Um, Welsh kind of been used a bit sparingly, thrown into the the uh, the Lions Den. <laughs> the Lions <laughs> Den of Odo Glint away. And um, by the way, on that, I'm really glad I didn't. Uh, you can remember last week I was talking about how Michael was trying to persuade me to go. So bad I didn't. And not because of the performance. You know, we could get horse six, seven, whatever. That's not why I didn't, I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad I didn't go purely because of the travel chaos that he was involved with in mm. getting there. Um, I saw him post a picture of they landed in Tron time. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh no, that means that there's bad weather or whatever. And then I heard all sorts of takeoffs and things like that. I was, you know, the idea of that, uh, uh, you know, just in amongst you know Celtic fans who are all singing and don't really care about it, and I'm sitting there petrified about flying. Just so glad I didn't, you know, put myself into into that world. I would obviously would have loved to have gone, you know, for the experience, but um, I'm very much a BA Baracus when it comes to when it comes to flying. And, and if, you, if you present me with any sort of turbulence or something that deviates from plane getting from A to B I'm a mess so um, yeah I'm glad I missed that but yeah Welsh posted missing last night at the expense of Karamoko Dembele I don't know like who who got the bench spot instead of Welsh because there's obviously got he's obviously got to be going through the players and going right well you've got a spot you've got a spot he mentioned mm-hmm. that he wanted to bring Dembele in and a in a pre-match thing so we kind of had an idea that he would maybe be there or thereabouts um, obviously felt comfortable enough to, to to play to just have beat on there to come in Julian's a weird one there's all sorts of chat that he had to have his knee rebuilt I don't know if you've heard that mm. like just on the grapevine I don't know I don't know what, I don't know what that equals in terms of his ability to recover and ability to play again at an intense level I know he's obviously come on and made that one appearance so far but I mean it's weird today is the anniversary if you if, if you know your history four years ago today Marvin Abel Comper made his debut and his one and only appearance for Celtic in the Dino victory over Greenock Morton 60 minutes did he last? 1 million pounds 1 million pounds 
uh, absolutely mental side. And I still, still, I mean, I think you said something about one time you were you were uh, mixing it with a hoi polloi of Celtic and you saw people going up to get ironic selfies. Yeah. And that, that's, what it, that's what it ended up being at, at Celtic for Marvin Comper. And you just say, that's... No one wants to be that, you know. Like, no one he, he was loving it, by the way. You used a term there, hoi polloi. We're over a similar vintage. Can you remember their clothing label, hoi yeah. polloi? Yeah, I've hoi polloi. It was a, 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 a high street uh, fashion outlet uh, Similar to, I don't know, uh, like a top man or whatever, isn't it? I mean, I can't even remember if it was male and female or if it was just female, but um, yeah, I remember it. Very, very 80s. Hoi polloi, I love that. But just for anybody listening in, I I I don't normally rub shoulders with a hoi polloi. Um, (laughs) I couldn't get a ticket. It was a cup final. Um, Motherwell. Aye, League Cup. The second second treble. Aye, Mm -hmm. the second treble. And... That's right, uh, the 2-0 game. Now, who scored the goals? McGregor and, and Cham? I'm going to say, and Cham scored that day. I didn't, I didn't get it either. I was working a gig in either Nice and Sleazy's or Broadcast, and I I watched it. I couldn't get a signal in the venue, so I stood outside in the street on Socky Hall Street and watched it on my phone. Uh, true story. It was really, really hard to, to, to miss that because I'd been at every single one up to that point and then that was the first one of the of the trebles that I, that I missed and uh, yeah so I, I, I don't think if I'd have been there I would have been getting a selfie in Marvin Comper well Kevin Graham was dying to do it and I was with <laughs> Kev I was with Kev that day I think he was wearing an Ange jersey before Ange arrived he was wearing a, a black round neck that day and um, I Comper was getting the uh, ironic uh, selfies hmm? was it smart, smart casual was that the was that the, requi- the, the dress requirements he had a tie underneath it, Kev. You know, oh, yeah. he did have a he did have a tie underneath it. Um, not sure the manufacturer of the jersey if it was hoi polloi or not. Uh, Kevin's yeah. the same the same vintage as us. But yeah, Comper was all over it. He was loving it, and I'm looking at him going, "Mate, you're a million quid. This is disgraceful." Yeah. Uh, another one of those Brendan Rogers things that we'll never fully understand. Yeah, I hope I hope that Julian has something to contribute between now and the end of the season. But mm. it just doesn't look good, does it? You don't get that good. I mean, there was, I, I said this before on, on, on the bulletin that I'd heard chat before Julian came back. There was so, so many people speaking with authority, sort of saying, oh, he'll never kick a ball with us, for us again. There, yeah. there's one of the guys on the E-Tims podcast was, was say, I think it was Ralph maybe on E-Tims was sort of saying, oh, he'll never kick a ball for us again. And I, I, you know, it's, and, but he was saying it and, and adding in little bits as if to say, I kind of know this. <clears throat> Obviously, wrong because he's come back and, and he's kicked the ball. But, I mean, that's all he's done so far. He's going to be kicked a couple of balls. Nine games to go. How much How much um, uh, football is, is, is Julian going to play and how much football is Aaron Ramsey going to play in those mm-hmm. nine games as well? Because you're, you're looking at both guys who've got a long layoff uh, and injury and, and it's, it's not easy to get up to speed. You know, Julian probably felt Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Really anxious. Well, I don't know, I'm guessing, but to come back in and play top-level football after that length of time out, when you're not sure about your own you know, body and everything else, it's psychologically as much as anything else, it's going to take a while to get back into, into Massive the barrier. Massive barrier. And, and this is the thing. Every one of these games, I'm going to, I'm, I'm totally aware I haven't brought any comments in just yet. I'm going to bring in some comments. Every game, we've heard that all the cliches in the world, JP, must win, nine cup finals, all that stuff, but it all, it's all true. There's going to be no risk taken. I think he's going to be very, uh, you know, very safe in terms of the players that he picks for every single game. There's going to be no risks, I, I, I don't believe. Um, the defence, I think the defence that started last night will start most games. I'm, you know, big fan of Tony Ralston and all that, but Juranovic is a far better right right back than him. Um, and I think Juranovic at 2.7. We talk about steals of the season. That's an incredible deal for Juranovic, JP. Another yeah. another performance last night. It doesn't matter where he gets the ball. Um, he's comfortable on it. I think there's an urgency about Juranovic as well. Something's not happened. He's the type of guy who tries to take the game by the grip of the neck, by the script yeah. of the neck. Um could have scored. I mean, it was a cracking shot, but it, it just it was rising too quickly because it would have burst the net. The goalie wasn't going to stop it. Um, and what an acquisition he's been. And, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple of the other, the other players. I, I hope that that Julien gets some game time, but he'll not, he'll not be thrown in. He'll not be thrown in for a game. He'll not no. start a game unless it's absolutely necessary. And mm. I actually think in the pecking order, he's below Stephen Welsh uh, as we sit here as well. You, you've mentioned Jota and you gave us that big dilemma that hopefully we don't have to face uh, would you sign him or, or Carter Vickers um, I was watching him last night of course he, he I don't know if he gets the assist or Starfield gets the assist but he certainly crossed the ball in for the, the opener that mm-hmm. all important opener um, and he's certainly no hiding JP wants the ball he's getting oh. into the space and it, a lot of the things just aren't coming off for him but one thing that frustrated me a wee bit last night was sometimes you're looking at him going just do the simple thing here mate do not yeah. lose possession. Don't try and back heel it. Don't try and flick it. Oh, the back heel in the second was it the second half? I think it was. Oh, just absolutely no need for that at all. You know, like you don't want to see players doing that. I think it was still no no at that point. Mm. Uh, and and you're just like, yeah, I, I get that you've got all that in your locker, but do the simple thing. The crowd, the crowd last night were getting really uptight as well, uh, and sort of. You know, willing players to take shots on, and there was times when Jota took shots on, and it wasn't the right option. You know, um, I mean, it's so difficult coming up against such a loaded, you know, St. Mirren half. You know, but there was times when Jota was was trying to, you know, be expecting, or the crowd will willing to shoot, and then he'll shoot, and like that shot's not on. You know, that you need Del Piero to score from there and bend it round three players into the top corner. And um, it's 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 not happening. And um, I just think we had to be we had to be patient last day. It was one one of those games where patience was was key, and and it and it, and it paid off for us. But by no means do I think uh, Jota is is you know I'm not saying sign Carter Vickers, and and I don't want to sign Jota. I do want to sign Jota as well because I've seen what the guy can do. And um, but I'm just saying if it was a hard 
hard, cold ultimatum, it would be Carter Vickers for me. I'm looking at the, we've said this before about ambition and what was the European ambition, we spoke about it leading up to the games last week and that as well JP, but um, I'm looking at the pre-season and thinking at myself, you make those two guys permanent and it's going to cost you 13 million quid plus wages, there or thereabouts, that kind of ballpark, Mm. Um, and then you ask yourself how much more would the Celtic board shell out to try and make a fist of the uh, the Champions League to actually make progress in the Champions League how much will they because would they go to 20 would they go to 25 you know after the rebuild this season and I'm thinking what they might do uh, is probably go for these two guys and, and, and then look at the loan market again last night's starting lineup, three loanees I know Maeda has I believe an obligation to buy after his his deal ends his loan deal but three loanees and I think that uh, the loanees have worked well for us Jota Carter Vickers we've spoken about um, but I want to bring up Maeda because uh, he really was our only option I mean Ajeti was on the bench last night we've not seen him since December he was our, our only only option and when we look ahead to the Livy game, we'll, we'll, we'll ask whether or not Yakimakis is going to come back and is that the type of game on the type of pitch that will be suited to him, etc. But I was watching his game last night with interest, you know, with the caveat that he is the only striker that we had really ready to start the game last night. And I'm looking at the fact that he had some, not I don't even know if there were decent chances, but he got on the end of at least three crosses in the first half and yeah. he, he managed to header it header on goalwards uh, over and wide but there was a moment in that second half JP that had it come off you know the dink by McGregor and you know on the turn great technique and it would have been a phenomenal goal mm. is it just something like that that Maida needs do you think you know it, there's a confidence thing are we going to go back to the point we made about Hatati and say he's played a lot of football as well as international travel um, you know I'm not giving him a hard time I, I think that He's chipped in with four goals so far. He's made a loving appearance. He's not all starting. Um, and he is the the first choice uh, striker as a result of injuries at this moment in time. What's your thoughts so far on Maeda with um, a look at the fact that we've got nine games to go. Two goals last night were scored by a defender and a midfielder. We didn't have many goals on the, pit, on the park last night. Uh, I made that point as well from the, the starting point. Very few... <coughs> Very few of those players, JP, had scored 10 or more goals for Celtic. You know, there was only uh, Jota who scored 10, Abada 14 and McGregor uh, 55. So, you know, we don't have a lot of goals at the moment. Is Maeda the guy that's going to get us them? Is it going to click? Uh, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people making up their mind about him. And I mentioned last week about the guy, the, a fallen guy next to me who was using language that is nowhere near Celtic Park. There should be nowhere near Celtic Park, but he... He had them written off as a fraud, a, a quote-unquote fraud. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm mile, million miles away from from that. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's, you know, I think he's going to be the, you know, the answer, you know, long term or whatever. I mean, I know that we've got the option to, no, not the option to buy it. That we have to buy him um, in the summer. Um, you know, Ange Postecoglou rates him. I would, you know, make a judgment after a full season of of with a pre-season at Celtic and then a full season, you know, after that because so many people are so quick to make, like, snap judgments on people and write them off, you know? I mean, I, I think it's because we've been burned so many times with so many poor signings in, in, in recent years that, you know, if you don't do it in the sort of first five, ten games, it's almost like, well, yeah, he's not good enough. And you're just like, whoa, 
I mean, give the guy a break. He's 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 trying. He's he's running about. He's pressing. Um, he has scored goals. You know, on another day that goal goes in, and he all of a sudden becomes a poster boy. And you know, the the signs start appearing at the side of the pitch. Maeda, can I get your top and all of that kind of stuff? You know that 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 that's a goal like that can completely change the mindset of a child and then also an adult, you know, a, a, a man-child. <laughs> uh, and then suddenly, the, the, you know, this guy, oh, yeah, go, he scored against St. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and you're like, well, yeah, he's been playing well up until that point. It's just he happened to get a goal in that game and it was a, mm. it was a good-looking goal. Um, always like those shots over the shoulder, you know. Um, reminds me of David Platt's goal. Oh, again. Belgium, exactly. One of my favourite goals of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Belted a goal. Doesn't matter it's England. Doesn't matter it's David Platt. Didn't they? Didn't particularly dislike David Platt. Kind of liked him because he went to Italy and played for Sampdoria, and it was one of those the Gazette Football Italia players. But that goal over the shoulder, if you've not seen it, just just look up YouTube. David Platt, Belgium. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's, I've watched it hundreds of times. Um, I just remember Thanks. being completely in awe of, of someone that could do that. You know that that hit that sort of shot, you know. Um, I'm obviously very much uh, displaying my age here by saying that. He came on as a sub. He came on as a sub that that night. Yeah. I can't even remember what tournament it was in. Was it it a World Cup 1990? World Cup finals. Yeah, definitely. Right, that's my first memory of the World Cup then. That 1990 was was my first... Yeah, I can remember the World Cup from that point on. Prior to that, 86, I think I might have had the sticker album, but probably put the stickers in upside down or whatever, you know, I didn't I didn't I wasn't uh, you know, all in <laughs> at that point. My obsession with football sort of started in eighty eight, eighty eighty seven, eighty eight, and then into and then by the time ninety came around I was like playing the Italian ninety uh, computer game on my Amstrad and, you know, buying match and shoot and all that all the time and just completely immersed in that in that in that world and um yeah. It's, a by, it's a bygone age, by the way. I mean, also another big tournament for me going back to that era. Sorry for the nostalgia trip, ladies and gents. Oh, you're talking about football and not music. Yeah. <laughs> Euro 88. Loved that tournament. You know, the Van Basten Hulet um, yeah. Netherlands side, the Republic Island team. And I loved that tournament. I know Scotland weren't in it. It was quite a small tournament when you look at the amount of teams that were in it, but the Republic Island team totally fell in love with Jack Tarleton's team and um, Renat Desayev was the goalkeeper for the USSR he was he was regarded as one of the best goalies in in the world at that time. But it was the Netherlands team, Koeman and um, Hula and Van Basten. The the Holland strip at that time was that one that had like the kind of white fleck through it. Like Aye. it had the, the the really nice collar. I can't remember who made it. Uh, Adidas. Adidas. Aye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye, yeah. Um, and the strips at that time were, were absolutely cracking. Oh. But um, yeah, but Maeda, back to Maeda uh, after his, uh, his shot. Um, I, uh, I I don't know what will happen on Sunday, whether Jack Amakis will be uh, not ill anymore and whether or not he'll come back in. I, you know, I, I did feel last night that we missed Jack Amakis a bit. Mm. Up front. You know, I mean, you're going to miss a guy that scored a hat-trick in a game to win you that game against... I mean... We missed him against Hibs, definitely. I mean, he would have he would have given uh, Porteous and yeah. Syria a harder time than, than than they got in that game because that game kind of 
as Mark, the guy in front of me last night, said, it was one of those classic sort of midday kickoffs where it was lacking that, you know, you, you, you transfer that game and make it a Wednesday night. You know, it, it's a different game, I think. It's weird how, like, a, a midday kickoff, I mean, that's why I'm a wee bit concerned about this game coming up on Sunday. It's the fact that it's a midday kickoff in a, no disrespect to Livingston, but it's not a very inspiring stadium. I mean, you no. see the higher. You see the highlights of the game last night and there's like an entire stand empty. I know it'll be full on Sunday and there'll be three quarters of it Celtic fans. Did they, they still have the Motorola seats? Did they still have the sponsor on the seats from about no, 20 years ago? No, no, it's something like, it's called like No Ruddin or something like that. Or not, it begins with N, N-O, but you can see the whole the whole sponsor was visible in the seats because the stand was closed. But Livingston got a win last night against Dundee United. Mm-hmm. And Dundee United are... Not a bad side as they proved, uh, as they have proved in recent weeks. Again, guy that I know, Campbell, this Dundee United fan, he's up and down on courts every week. One minute he's, you know, a, a masterclass, and then the next minute he's like nah. So it's it's it, they're they're a wee bit all over the place. But I didn't expect them to get beat last night off Livingston. I thought they might have got a point, but Livingston, Livingston are playing well. We beat they beat Dundee four 0 at the weekend. Good, good bit well. of form, yeah, good bit of form. And by the way, whoever runs a TikTok page is having a cracking time oh, of it as well, eh? Yeah. That, that is just vintage Scottish football. I'm not going to call it the cinch, that does my head in when people right. refer to the entire Scottish football as yeah. the cinch. Um, Scottish uh, Premiership table, though, when you look at it, Livingston, as you were saying, they're one of the form sides at the moment over the last five games. But when you look at fourth in the league, JP, on 37 points and 10th, Aberdeen, 32 points. Only five points separating uh, fourth and tenth. You've got Hart sitting in third. Kind of like on a wee island by themselves, 49 points. And then, of course, Celtic and Rangers on 70 and 67, respectively. respectively rather. And the bottom two, St. Johnston and Dundee are in a dogfight to see who finishes bottom. But Livy are on good forum. It's a stadium that hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us. Um, there may be some players playing there for the first time. You know, Maeda's never played at, uh, I keep calling it Almondville. Uh, Maeda's never played at Livy. And there are others. O'Reilly hasn't played at, at Livingston. Hatati won't have played there either. So it's an unfamiliar setting for some of our players. You take all these things into consideration. We have to get that monkey off our back, though. We need to go to Livingston. We need to win. And Magnet67 comes in to say just that. Afternoon all, I'm going to stick my neck out and declare... If we beat Livy on Sunday, we will win the title. It's one of these things we're going to have to get over all of these mental barriers, JP, between now and the end of the season if we want to win the league. Let's go out there and win. How likely do you see that happen? Or is it going to be another stuffy affair like the game against Hibs on Sunday? Uh, Well, I mean, I was at the last uh, Livingston defeat and walking out the ground that day, if you think about we had no idea what was coming in the subsequent months and we didn't know at that point where we would get to. I wasn't at the stage where I was thinking, this guy's a dud or, you know, he's he's a fraud or anything like that. Talking about Postacoglu. But you left, I left that day and I think I said to you before, it took me about five hours to get home. And I, so it was five hours with uh, no headphones <laughs> to to really ponder or my my headphones had uh, ran out of battery so I had five hours to just sort of ponder that result and just kind of go wow you're, you're maybe in a bit of a, yeah. a bad place here and 
and at that that stage, that was maybe the sort of real big red flag that this was going to be a really tough season ahead. You know, where we're losing a game away to Livingston again. You know, they're, they're pretty much their one and only shot. And you're thinking, how are we going there with a the team that we've got? Even though we were missing players that day, I know we were. But you were like, how are we missing? How are we going there and not getting at least a draw? You know, we should be going there and beating them. What is so special about that ground? You know, I actually found... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I've been going through some old VHS tapes that I found at my mum's and I found, uh, this is amazing, I found footage of me on the telly in 2006 and it was the day that we beat Livingston at Ammon Vale 2-0. Uh, Zerowski and Maloney scored. I don't know if you remember that. 2006. But me and my friend Ross Mackay and his now wife Pamela decided to go through uh, and we, we applied to get on to the, the Scott Sport programme. I don't know if you remember the Scott Sport for I think maybe a season did a thing where they had like a, like a live audience. And they, right. used to, they used to split between Jim Delahunt and the studio and then they would go over to this guy, Julian, who was Cameron from Big Brother's brother. So he had this really strong island accent. And, and then and then there, there was a girl uh, present as well who just smiled all the time. And her name was Sarah O. She was Irish, blonde hair. Does this ring any bells? I have never, ever seen this. You've never? Well, I, I, can, I, I cannot remember this, this concept. They, they, would cut, they would cut between. And so... When when it came on the video, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the one I'm on!" Oh my god! And then uh, I, I could see me in the background sitting at like those little little tables because they're standing at the front, the camera on them, and then behind them is just like tables. And then they would go down and sit at the table with the three people at the table and ask them a question, or, mm. or the people would ask a question. And I, I completely forgot that I asked the question. So <laughs> the, the mic goes to me, and it's just like, and it's like, John Paul, you've got a question for the panel. And then he goes like that, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jim Jeffries has been touted as manager of the year for his uh, for his achievements with Hearts so far this season. You know, uh, I can't even remember what Hearts were doing at that point. I said um, Gordon Strachan in his first season has won a League Cup and he's on course to to uh, to win the league at a canter. I was like, why why is he not getting it? And then they, we caught up to Delahunt, Andy Walker, and Bill Lecky. And Andy Walker kind of went, uh, yeah, no, I agree with the guy. You know, I think Gordon Strachan's a contender. But <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but Jim Jeffries equally is a contender. And then it cut to Bill Lecky and he was just like, no, Jim Jeffries for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, all, I'm, always a, <laughs> I'm always a big, uh, comp- a big uh, supporter of someone uh, punching above their weight. And Jim Jeffries is certainly doing that this season. And then Jim Delahunt's like, thanks very much, guys. And then on to JP, the next. JP, that was always going to happen. You were always going to be on the screen. <laughs> Listen, if you want the tapes digitised, give us a shout because we've got the machine that can do that now as well. So uh, I'd love to see them appearing on Twitter at some point. Um, you know, and then it will be retweeted all over planet Twitter. Now, by the way, there's a few other things I was going to mention, right? Um, after the Hibs game, I'm screaming out for substitutions. 
And the sub that I thought made quite a difference was O'Reilly coming on for Rogic, who was off it, um, which was unfortunate. But the other night, it was almost like vice versa. You know, it was like the flip side of that was O'Reilly comes off, Rogic plays well. Are we at a situation now where we only play one of them? And if so, who is that one against Livy? Um, I I would be more inclined to play to play Rogic if, if, if Rogic plays like he did in the, in the last half hour of the game last night. Um, then a hundred percent Rogic, but I mean, you just at this moment in time, you don't really know what Rogic uh, you're going to get. You know, I don't have a shrine to Rogic in my in my flat like Dan mentioned yesterday. Apparently, <laughs> they all have it. Everybody has a shrine to Tommy Rogic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a sign to him. I mean, I, I like the guy, but I, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, maybe you have to be Australian to, to, to have a, a shrine. But uh, no, Sunday's such a big game. I mean, the, the you know, the opposition rivals are looking at that and going, oh, that's a, a notorious. So they, they don't like going there. They all, you know, that we can hopefully rely on them dropping points there. If we don't drop points there and we pick up all three, they're running out of places that we can go that, you know, and then, and then the onus, the, the, the light shines on them and goes, right, well, it's up to you to do it, you know, at Ibrox or Celtic Park. And I would offer that if, even if we did lose at Ibrox, we'll beat them at Celtic Park. I, 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 just, I don't think that's not, I, I think that's the way it can go. And if that happens and we win all the other games, we're the champions. Oh, and we'll be following every single part of that, every (laughs) step of the game. Listen, there's somebody that you've got people thinking. Uh, Celtboy1993, that wasn't a vintage year for Celtic, by the way. I was at that game in 2006. Last game we won there was in the Scottish Cup, I'm sure. Um, That was the following year, uh, 2007. I looked into this. (laughs) Um, That was the league. That was a league game. So that might be the last time that that we won there in the league. Um, that day because um, it definitely, definitely was the league Zarafsky and, and Maloney um, there's I, no way there's no way that's happening I don't think I, I don't think so either Acrobat comes in I, I, we spoke about this last night because Lawrence was talking about giving um, a jetty a, a, a run out in a four four two. I do not think Ange is going to check if, if I look at all the interviews he's done his philosophy the way that he sets his team up he it's not going to change it. He nah. will not change that, if you ask me. And there was one occasion this season, <laughs> just to completely contradict that, where he played three at the back. Was that against St. Johnson? Oh, but it, it came down to the fact that he was forced into it because of the personnel mm. that mm. he had at the time. Um, so we, we shall see, Acrobat, not uh, shouting you down there, pal. Thanks for contributing, but we shall see. And we're also looking at Norbin Kulshi, who reckons we're going to win 3 nothing. Paul, love that, love that optimism. Paul McLean, a draw at Livy and at Ibrox with seven wins and that's the title, seems doable to me. It's interesting, although not surprising that Celtic fans are looking at this particular game as being a potential tricky one uh, in the running as well because, you know, historically it has been uh, for a long, long time. So, yeah, loads uh, more to talk about as well. I wanted to bring it up because he gets a lot of stick. James E. Forrest comes on. Last night, and I think that he looked like the James of old. I've heard it all, J- JP, over the last few weeks. He's finished. His legs have gone. His career is over. 
Uh, and some of the, the, the moments, I, I know he's not had a good run, but some of the moments this season that I keep pointing out is League Cup semi-final against St. Johnston. The part that he played in that game against Lever, uh, the goal against Leverkusen that Jota finally finished. One of the best goals of the season. No way I'm accepting that James A. Forrest has finished yet. And I think last night was a stark reminder of that. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, you listen to a lot of people were saying before last night's game that Celtic were finished as a team. All the legs have gone, and you know, we're looking, we're looking tired and everything else. Well, we we won a game of football last night two 0 and you know, won it in the end comfortably. So, if our legs are gone, then you know, I don't think we're able to do that. Do you know, we, we, the game lasted ninety minutes, and we played to the end of the game. We weren't. I didn't look around that pitch and see people you know, blowing out the proverbials by the end of it. So I tell you what, Forrest starting on Sunday might not be the, the worst shout. I, I watched Forrest last night because he was on my side of the, the ground, obviously, uh, in the North Stand. And I watched him. And what Forrest does is is quite basic in that when he decides to do something, he very rarely changes his mind at the last minute. So there was a point where he beat a man and he was like, I'm going to the byline here. And he, he went to the byline and people were like, why are you not crossing it beforehand? And it's like, because he's decided to go to the byline and then the player cut out the cross. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think there's something about James Forrest with his experience, with his sort of probably ca- calm, you know, uh, measured approach. Abada's a wee bit kind of, obviously Abada's been great, scored a lot of goals, etc. But Abada's a bit of a jack-in-the-box. You don't know you know, what's going to happen a lot of the time. Whereas, whereas Forrest, I think if Forrest gets in that position sometimes, he's, he's, he's going to do the the right thing at that time because he's got so much experience. And you saw it last night when Beton, Dogic and Forrest came on. They all proved to be a catalyst in, in our, you know, uh, getting the three points. So I, I, I think Forrest maybe starting on Sunday as a shout. Jack Marcus is obviously... I, I I would imagine he'd probably come back and be on the bench on Sunday. I don't think he'll just throw him if mm. he's if he's not played for like what two weeks or whatever. I, I don't think he's just going to put him in and, and to start. Because he'll probably be on the bench. So it, it might be the lineup that was out there last night: Rogic in for O'Reilly and Forrest in for Abada. Interesting, but, interesting ah, changes. There you go. One good thing about this is if we get something wrong, we will be very quickly corrected in the comments section, JP. And I keep calling one of our viewers the Urban Kulche, and I've been informed by Studs Lanigan. Is that your real name? It's Kulche. Sorry, sorry, Studs, and sorry, the Urban Kulche, for mispronouncing that for the last year and a half. And I'll make sure I don't do it like I did. Do you remember the the, uh, Glasgow City of Culture? 1990. Remember, mm-hmm. remember, Glasgow was was the city of culture. My dad got a T-shirt made that said Glasgow City of Culture, and he put it was spelled K U L T C H A Culture in 1990, and he, he wore it. He was a he was an Englishman, obviously, but he was a very much a kind of a, a proud adopted Scot, and uh, he used to he used to wear that with uh, with, with comical pride. We love. We love the culture. <laughs> yeah, culture. We love it, mate. Uh, listen, here's one final point as well. Dembele's booking, absolutely shocking. Yeah. You look at the, the possession last night, 77% in mm-hmm. Celtic's favour, right? Yet, we were penalised on nine occasions for a foul against seven. 
So we've got the ball for 77% of the, the game. And for the 23% of the game that we haven't got the ball, we are committing fouls, JP, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's almost a foul every two minutes when we don't have possession. That's nonsense. That's that's mm-hmm. just a nonsense, right? And then you look at the yellow cards. Um, two plays two. So we've got 77% possession. <laughs> when we don't have the ball, we're kicking their players. And, you know, we've actually got the same amount of bookings as... St Mirren last night when we've been talking about all the hammer throws that they deploy in such games and it, and it's the same virtually every week it's virtually impossible for that to be um, fair if, if you've only without possession for 20% of the game you must be kicking the opposition players for the entire 20% of the game to get the same or more amount of fouls than the opposition it's a nonsense isn't it I mean Dembele, Dembele's booking is a prime example the Dembele one was so. I mean, uh, it's the other side. That's the other side. That's towards the main stand. So um, I can't. I've not seen it again. But at the time, it looked like the player just ran across him, and he kind of. It was one of those ones where it was like, yeah, it was a foul, but I don't, a yellow card. Like, I, I, I don't think so. I think there was another one where when McGregor got booked, um, that was a yellow card probably because he was taking the guy out who was, I think it was Jordan Jones maybe, who was going to go on a run. And I remember saying to Mark in front of me, would you have would you have taken the yellow card for that or would you let him let him go? And he was like, no, I would have definitely like, taken him down. Um, by the way, I saw somebody's bet last night. They bet 80 quid. It was, you know, as people share their their winnings on Twitter. It's, it's a bit, never strange thing to do I, I don't know I, I, I maybe have I done it once yeah I did I did share my, my winnings when Kieran Tierney scored the new captain Celtic uh, the, the game against Kilmarnock uh, remember he oh, scored yeah. That? yeah 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 crack I, I heard the price at half time of Tierney to score at the first goal of the second half it was a good good odds and I just went wait a minute I'm going to go and went, I very very really put any bets on in the ground but I went up and put a tenner on it and uh, he, he scored that goal within a few minutes of the first of the second half kicking off, and I was like, "Not only have you scored an absolute world, that you've just earned me like definitely over a hundred quid or something like that." But, um, but a guy had put money on Cameron Carter Vickers to score any time in the game, and Cal McGregor to be booked, and he put eighty quid on that, right? And he won nearly four grand. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, I mean, so I bet you he was absolutely delighted when McGregor made that decision to to bring down Jordan Jones as he was about to uh, motor up the park. Not that I think he would have done much, um, but I guess you take your chances. But the Dembele booking nonsense uh, to to book that wee guy like after being on the park for what less than five minutes or something I, like that. And I know. Like, not even a not even a like you know okay I have a word you know. Just a straight away a booking, you know. He, he actually couldn't get his body out of the way. When you watch it back, he could not mm. because of the momentum of his run and mm. the speed in which St Mirren's player actually diverted his, his direction, right? Mm. It was impossible for Dembele. No matter what player was in that position, they could not get their body out of the way. It was not mm. an attempt to bring the player down. He impeded him accidentally. It was never a booking. Mm. But yeah. again, I, you know, I can't go through a broadcast without moaning about the referees. So there you go. We didn't oh. even speak about. We didn't even spoke about music, JP. Was it you? And, was it you and Anderson? Was the referee last night? Is that, is that who exactly it was? It was. I'll just check. Uh, he is. He's not popular in my uh, in my section of Celtic Park. 
Um, Ewan Anderson it was, yes. Dreadful decision, Ewan, if you're tuning in. Um, JP, it's always an absolute pleasure. Are you going to the game, by the way, on Sunday? Yeah, I'm about 50-50 at the moment. There's a few things I need to move around um, and hopefully I can. I'm, I'm, I'm potentially, well, I am working, but it's about where I work and if I can get to work somewhere else, then I might be able to go. But at this moment, at this, as it stands right now, no, I won't be. I've got a ticket, but uh, I'm hoping that I can <clears throat> uh, negotiate. Because I, I had a really bad feeling about Easter Road last Sunday because I didn't have a ticket and I wasn't going. And I, and I hadn't even made plans to go to a pub. So I ended up watching it on a, uh, on, on the telly in my flat. I just was like, oh, this feels like last season. Uh, not good. All right. Well, Doug. Listen, we're sorry ladies and gents for not mentioning music but Jim Hannaway's done it for us tune in to our YouTube channel Willie Dog Unplugged you will give it a big thumbs up the guy's a unique talent he is King Tut's on the 19th of March supporting Nicky Lick singer of Sargent uh, who supported Oasis back in the day in fact possibly on their final tour maybe I think think that maybe I think it was because Nicky ended up Full name Nick Mercer ended up getting one of Liam's jackets, and I bet he didn't get that from Matalan, and he still no. got it. So, yeah, thanks, Jim. I'm going to leave that up. Tune in, Willie Doug, outstanding. If you are watching on YouTube, we have just smashed through 8 million views on the YouTube channel. Um, get yourself subscribing, hit the notifications bell. Loads of big content coming up uh, in the months to follow. Not all Celtic, sometimes you get a bit of music, like Willie Doug, outstanding, bit of variety, and a wee bit of culture as well. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved, and thank you to JP Mason for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.